Welcome to Deke Geeks, the show where two dorks go through the back catalogue of Deke Entertainment and hope that their microphone doesn't give out halfway through. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Avery, hello. Yeah, okay, we've, we've got a new cable for this episode. For the bit of luck that we should be good. Um, if not, then we're going to look into replacing the microphone. or Either that or just going back to the single microphone measure that we used to do. Black um, Friday is coming. Yeah, it is coming, so hopefully that will be... A good opportunity to get a new yeah. microphone with a bit of luck. I might grab one anyway. Yeah, got to have a backup. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this week we are looking at another movie, uh, and it is a real fucking piece of trash. Yes, yes. Uh, this one's the only entirely original movie from, well, entirely original from the. It's uh, very kooky cutter, yeah. Is it Sunday Movie Tunes? Soon Sunday series. Movie Tunes, yeah, the from Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Sunday yeah. Movie Tunes series. And um, it's the most derivative piece of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really exercise any original ideas, and with the ideas it steals from other, co- other franchises and stuff, it doesn't do a single thing interesting with them. Yeah. It is kind of impressive how mind-numbingly mediocre and just wasted potential again yes i mean i'm not sure this had that much potential yeah i mean this is later era deke we're talking about here so this is the evolution animated art style the really weird plasticky kind of over-exaggerated faux anime style look that is like not good in yeah. any way, shape, or form, a lot of uh, a lot of cartoons did this at around this era, um, and did it a lot better than Deke did it, to say for sure. Um, yeah, I would say probably a good example probably be uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. That definitely had an anime style going, and it did a really good job of it. That anime still looks really good to this day. Well, that's because it didn't go for Cartoon. the Deke uh, trademark thick lines everywhere. Flat, thick yeah. lines, flat colours. Yeah. Which doesn't ever look good, except with uh, when they did it with Archie, because that's already thick lines, flat colours. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about Archie. We're, I wish we yes, were. I we really have, wish we were. I mean, we do have an Archie... Yeah, we, for, we have another they, uh... Archie related to, uh, or, well, vaguely related to Weird Mysteries. It's around the same time period as Weird Mysteries. Uh, same character design. Work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm not no. sure if it's in canon or not. But, yeah. Moving on, after getting so distracted <laughs> yes, discussing this, this is... T- oh, sorry. Do you want to say it or not? Uh, How about free. we both say it? Three, two, one. Groove Squads. There we go. Hooray, I remembered yeah. what it was called. <laughs> Good job. Um, so yeah, Groove Squad is... It's it's this 18, minute, 18 minutes of movie uh, that is about this 
group of cheerleaders who gain superpowers and have to stop this evil mad scientist stereotype character whilst also defeating this kind of enemy from within that is part of their cheerleading team and win the championship that is taking place within their own city and they are cheerleading for their own city and they end up winning because yay nepotism anyway okay okay this thing was made in 2002 yeah right yes and it wears its inspiration on its sleeve I would say it wears it less on its sleeve and more as a gigantic image on the front of their t-shirt. I mean, it's just... And then on their sleeves are arrow hands pointing towards the image on the main t-shirt. And on the back of the t-shirt it says, look at my front, it's really cool, I promise. I mean, it might have just, you know, killed and skinned its inspirations and is wearing it as a kind of weird combination suit that doesn't work. Yeah. Um... But that was a really nasty metaphor you used there, man. That's how I feel about this show. Fair enough. It is this horrible Frankensteinian hybrid. Yeah. That comes out flat and awkward. I'll be honest, I don't bad. blame you. This is just one of the worst things we have ever seen. Uh, so, uh, obviously, you've got this uh, trio of superhero girls. Whilst it may not seem uh, it from the description, I'm told that's basically Totally Spies. Yeah, it, it is... Well, I mean, it, it's mainly Totally Spies in the sense of the outfits that they gain when they are in superhero form. And the fact that they have gadgets and a handler. Yes. It is... The, like, the, the core concepts there are very much just Totally Spies. But they're also cheerleaders. But they're also cheerleaders, instead of just generic high school students, and which is what Totally Spies year- Sorry, I keep talking over That's you. fine, don't worry. And this was the same year as Kim Possible. Yeah. Now, when you put that into perspective and think about how decent Kim Possible looks nowadays, boy, howdy, that is... Ooh, that's rough. Well, that there's so that rough. Disney money. And you also have to take into account the fact that this was two years after Bring It On. Hmm. I... Yeah. Which is where all the cheerleader stuff oh. comes from. Meanwhile... Mm-hmm. For no apparent reason, their handler is Austin Powers. Yeah, it's... I don't understand the handler character. Because he's just this, like, random black dude who's just running a hair salon with with his dog, his pet dog. And inexplicably, he is Austin Powers. He is a former MI6 agent and constantly says groovy and baby. Thankfully, he doesn't go for Shagadelic, but I mean, you know. He's got most of the Austin Powers-isms down. Yeah, he really does. It's like, and he's even complete with a British accent as well. A faux British accent. It's just, why? I just, it just takes and lifts so many things from other more popular franchises and then just squeezes everything that was good about them and just leaves it to the core concept and then slaps those onto these characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you actually remember, in order, what happened in this thing? Because it was pretty forgettable. Uh, let's see here. The exact order, I can go through it shortly. Right, so what happened was uh, we come in in media res it is okay. uh, we have the three cheerleader girls uh in their uniforms not in the superhero powered forms 
uh, about to fight three hippies in a warehouse for some reason. Uh, and they completely bugger it up. And they are left tying, uh, tied up in a, in a rope, all three of them together in a r- bundle of rope, uh, hanging above a boiling pot of water uh, with the rope slowly being burned by a gigantic candle. And no fucking shit, the lead girl literally does a record scratch. I bet you're wondering how we get into the situation. Well, and then it cuts to in the past. To be fair, there wasn't Just, a record scratch. There wasn't a record scratch, but, but it would probably was... have made it better. Yeah, probably. Because she just addresses no one in particular. Yeah. And says, I bet you're wondering how a, how a trio of cheerleaders got into this situation. Yeah. And, I, yeah, okay, about that randomly addressing the camera or the viewer, she does that twice within the time frame of about three minutes and then never does it again. That is the only time huh. she does it in the opening. She does it to the, the record scratch, but you're wondering how you got into the situation. And then once it cuts into the past, uh, where the main meat of the film is set, uh, we come into seeing the uh, full cheerleader squad doing a bit of a practice. Lead girl comes in and introduces herself <laughs> to the viewer. And then from that point on, no interaction with the viewer at all. For some reason, I just whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, the lead girl and uh, this ginger-haired girl have a bit of a tiff, have a bit of a, a bit of a uh, fight about how the uh, the cheerleading procession is meant to go. Hold on, hold on. We okay, haven't we sorry. haven't actually introduced our characters yet. Oh, sorry. So we have to get the okay. Let's um, get the Michael. Okay, so off. we've got the lead girl. She is the blonde cheerleader, Chrissy. Chrissy. As voiced by Jennifer Love Hewitt. The only notable voice in this mm. that isn't otherwise an animation jobber. Mm. And let's face it, Jennifer Love Hewitt was at this point a bit of an animation jobber. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she's most well known for um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, she did that thing. Uh, I don't know movies. Uh, Fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> next we've got uh, one of Chrissy's two best friends because for some reason this party of six cheerleaders are split in half. Yeah. I don't understand that bit. And also two of the people on the on the evil side come back to the good side with no kind of plot device or anything like that. They're just like, oh yeah, actually this girl's kind of a fucking creep. Well, they Let's also don't off. have a personality, so... Yeah, they're just generic and twins. And they're identical. Yeah, they're just generic identical twins. Anyway, one of Chrissy's two best friends is an Asian-American girl called Ping. Couldn't think of a better name for her, lads. I mean, apparently it's a common uh, Asian name, just more common uh, with boys. Yeah, okay, sure. But I well, okay, well, and then the next uh, next best friend is an African-American girl called Mackenzie, or just called Mac. Hold uh, on, hold on. Hi. Wasn't Mulan when she was pretending to be a boy calling herself Ping? I don't know, I've not seen Mulan. I haven't seen most of the Disney movies. Good point. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Ping is voiced by Valerie Singh Turner. Uh, Mackenzie is voiced by Bettina Bush, who's apparently a pop music single singer. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, next is Zeke, who is the boy. He is the male friend. Yeah, he's the, the uh, mascot. Yeah, he's just in a. He is permanently in a mascot costume. We do not see him out of the mascot's costume. Ever. To the point where it's weird. Yeah. Uh, he's voiced by Andrew Francis. 
and he's a jobber. <laughs> uh, the first thing he's that's been listed as um, things he's appeared in is My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic. So as uh, what? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Just general... I don't, I don't know. I'm just reading off the Wikipedia article here, man. I don't give a shit. Oh, sorry, I thought you were on IMDb. No. <laughs> what do you take me for? Uh, <laughs> then we've got the MI6 agent who is not Austin Powers, who's called um, Adrian, spelt Adrienne, for some reason. Uh, uh, we'll get into him later when he yeah, gets introduced. He's, called, he's voiced by Blue Man Kuma, who's apparently... Uh, a bit of a notable, notable actor, jobber, actor, actor, jobber, 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 jobber. I don't know. He's been in stuff. Fair I, enough. I think he was in RoboCop. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let me have the generic mad scientist character. He's called Nathaniel Nightingale, voiced by Mackenzie Gray. <laughs> He's a boring, generic mad scientist archetype. He does nothing. He doesn't really do anything. He only serves... To exist as a thing to make the cheerleaders go, look, girls, that bloke is doing evil shit again. Let's go punch him in the face. As comedy mad scientists go, the ones in this are possibly the least interesting ones. Yeah, it is a it, it, it is a stunning accomplishment, not a positive accomplishment, but a stunning one regardless. When I could safely say that. The characters and villains from Super Duper Sumos were more entertaining and interesting than this. I mean, they had personalities. Yeah. This guy is just generic supervillain. Nothing else to him. Uh, he's got a sidekick that's a cyborg called Larry, voiced by Alec Willows. Uh, that's about it. Um... Then you've got the hippies who don't have names. They're just called referred to as Flower Power, apparently. Uh, oh, I mean, that's God. a perfectly good name for a yeah. Uh, it's generic as shit, group, but yeah. But anyway, we have group. the evil redhead. She's called Star Nightingale. Oh, she's the daughter of the evil boss. That man. will be the twist. Yeah, amazing. That well, didn't see that coming. Five Isn't that basically the, the twist from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming? I don't. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't remember that much about Spider-Man: Homecoming. That was a pretty forgettable movie for well, me. Well, I won't get into it because, of course, it'll be a major spoiler for Spider-Man: Homecoming. But yeah, you've seen Spider-Man: Homecoming by now. I've I've seen Spider-Man: Homecoming and it was an okay film. I liked that one. Zendaya was good in it. Zendaya was good in it. Zendaya I'm was pretty forward- much. Zendaya was the highlight of Spider-Man: Homecoming I'm for me. I'm looking forward to a lot more Zendaya in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the identical twins, Stacy and Roxanne, who are apparently voiced by different people, as Vanessa Morley and Kathleen Barr, respectively. Um, oh, and Kathleen Barr was um, noted for uh, voicing Marie Kanker and Kevin in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ha! Huh. And also Trixie in Friendship, Friendship is Magic. But as you can see, there's just there's a lot of jobbers going on here, and Jessica Love Hewitt. Uh... Oh, don't forget about Fernando, the random Hispanic boy who, for some reason, is young and is in America but can't really speak English very well. Surely if he was that young and he came to America, he would th- know more well, no, English he's, by he's, now. He's he a foreign have... exchange student. But... I still think he would know more English. I think he would know what a phone is. I think he would know... What the fuck, like, certain things are, and 
shit like that. And uh, it's it. Look, I get it. It's hard to write like proper bilingual characters, like especially if the the second language isn't one that they know how to speak very well. But this is this just the textbook lazy written one. This is the, the textbook. We didn't give a shit. He is from somewhere that qualifies him as Hispanic, therefore we will make him say Spanish words and also struggle on basic English words because that is how we do this. Well, it doesn't matter because his character is set up and then nothing happens. Yeah, no, <laughs> he is literally forgotten about pretty much after the first scene. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So, um... God, yeah, I'm just going to let you take it. I'm so, too much okay, talking already. We've sorted with the dramatis personae. Uh, Ooh, that's a fucking fancy word, isn't it? Well, it's the list of characters at the start of a play. So, um, we start with introducing the girls. They are cheerleaders. They are practicing with their squad. Uh, the, the Libby of the group. She's obviously jockeying to be the leader of the cheerleaders, but... Uh, who knows? Anyway, there's this idea that they should all get their hairstyle changed to match the colour of the uh, of the school team, which are the Wildcats. Something like that, yeah. Because the Wildcats are the team in every single fictional uh, <laughs> high school. It's always the fucking Wildcats. So we establish the characters. There's the vain one, there's the, the clumsy one, and there's the clever one. <sighs> Those are the entire characteristics. These and then on the evil side, we've got the Libby, and we've got the two identical fucking twins. Oh yeah, and then you've got the Libby the and Libby. the the Libby's minions. And if you don't know what we're by the Libby, that's a Sabrina the Teenage Witch reference. Uh, yeah, that's a good show. You should probably watch it. Um, I mean, what, who else could we call it? We could call it the Cordelia. It's a, what the Cordelia. In Buffy. Oh. In the, in the first season I, of Buffy dude, before I, Cordelia got... I've approximately, like, five episodes of <laughs> Buffy, and I remember none of it because I saw it all when I was a young kid. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, um, so a plan is established where they're all going to get their hair dyed in the school colours. So they all immediately head down to Adrian's, uh, spelt in the feminine for some reason. Adrienne, yeah. So once they're here, uh, they get their hair done... Uh, unfortunately, across town, uh, and the evil scientist dude is trying to take over the world using his plan to turn everyone into slave zombies. Zombie slaves. It's not exactly a well-explained plan. It involves a big ray, but that's about it. Regardless, the whole thing becomes overpowered for some reason, and it sends zapping going on around the tower and it hits the hairstylist and the three girls get hit with some sort of power as does for some reason a smoothie machine so anyway the girls realize that they have superpowers well, not before a nice long transformation sequence is ripped straight out of sailor moon uh, yeah, they totally do a Sailor Moon transformation. Series. Every time they transform, even if it is five minutes apart. Yeah. The full thing. So the clever girl realises she has x-ray vision. 
and can see uh, all the way up to the evil tower where she sees the uh, the scientist and his cyborg assistant trapped in the building. Then Ping, the clumsy one, uh, the Asian girl. Nice that they went with the black girl being the clever one. Usually find that when they uh, have a diverse cast, they tend to make the Asian uh, character the clever one. I mean, if there's anything that this um, show... Show. I say it's show. It really wanted to be a show. It failed. Um, This movie has going for it. It's that it's kind of race-blind, other than the fact that the main leader is a blonde white girl. Past that, it's fine with assigning roles to anyone and has romantic pairings that completely ignore the characters' races, which is something you don't see that often in American media still. I mean, if it had been uh, as tone-deaf as a lot of the things we see, the, the black character could have been the strong one, which really goes down to really ugly stereotypes. So the fact that they've completely ignored... Uh, they've managed to avoid stereotyping on that sense is quite laudable don't fucking give this piece of shit any credit for fuck's sake i'm saying it did good a good thing okay let's chalk that up shall we one okay versus how many bad things so far um well so we've got stereotype characters we have horrifically it's awful animation the stereotypes are all sexist yeah but at least least they're not racist okay racist oh god i've been drinking i'm sorry yeah okay so that's uh one good thing versus about three bad things so far okay let's keep track okay Uh, i would say that the ratio would continue that way but i'm not sure there are any other good things uh no now, so yes, Ping discovers that she can fly, and mm. so flies into the building to save them. Yeah, uh, they're not very happy about this because they wanted to continue their their uh, attempt at world domination, which had exploded, which had already exploded. And then Jennifer Love Hewitt, who I can't remember the character's Chrissy. name, so I okay, Christy, Chrissy, Chrissy, Chrissy. Okay, Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, attacks, <laughs> gets really stroppy about the fact that she doesn't have a superpower and then just wails on uh, Zack's car throwing it across the route the uh, the road i mean i don't know whether this is i mean it's it's a classic diva stereotype isn't it yeah it's really but i mean it's really not what you want to see from this no, thing no not really it's such a... It is attempting to be this girl power style cartoon while ultimately failing to realise what is actually good about those cartoons. Right, yeah. So it's like the Spice Girls. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, at the same time, they all... did invent girl power thing, but... Well, yeah, they invented shouting girl power. There yeah. were then also a bunch of stereotypes. Yeah. The black girl is scary. Yeah. The small blonde is baby. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, when I think of cow power cats, I think totally spies. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Kim Possible totally spies. It's, yes. It's looking thoughts. at that over and aping badly. Yes. Uh, it certainly doesn't help that the story writer slash uh, basically guy 
in charge of creating the thing uh, was most definitely a bloke. Yeah. I mean, he he has worked on decent things in the past. Uh, He was one of the major forces behind Fox's adaptation of X-Men. Uh, as in the original cartoon, you know, the one, uh, the 90s, 1992 cartoon. But was this just his off day? Potentially, yeah. So suddenly the girls lose power. So they chalk this up as a one-off and walk off. As you do. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I had superpowers for five minutes. Oh, it's gone. Okay, well, bye-bye. And then we go back to the cheerleading plot. So... The cheerleaders meet up and uh, the rest of the team all got their haircuts. So why haven't they got their haircuts? It will be noted that everyone else's haircut will grow back uh, and be the normal colour by the next time we see them. Ping and Zach go to a smoothie cellar. Um, Ping drinks part of a smoothie and realises that the smoothies charge up the superpowers. So yeah, these are cheerleaders that gain superpowers when they drink smoothies. That's your concept. Uh, they go back to a. They all go back to Adrian's to show them this, and Adrian was revealed to be a British secret agent, a retired British secret agent who has coincidentally been fighting the mad scientist that lives halfway across the city. As you do. As you do. Uh, that's, a, that's a good phrase. That kind of sums up the majority of this film, as you do. Yeah, it's all very rote. I don't think it's very written, but it's very rote. Uh, they go to test their powers against uh, a bunch of hippies, for some reason. Yeah. nineteen six A team of 1960s hippies who, in the same accident, gained uh, hair manipulation powers and are stealing jewels. I can't remember anything that happens in this movie between this point and the finale. That's impressive. Okay, so where are we? Uh, Adrian's discussed about how he is an MI6, a former MI6 agent. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then uh, they go and beat up some hippies. Yeah, they beat up some hippies randomly because they're trying to take some jewels or some shit. Then a giant worm appears somehow and they beat that up as well. And then I like the giant worm. Yeah, the giant worm is cute. Uh, there's like fucking underground cellar area that Adrian has for some reason, and then it turns out he's kitted out Zeke's car with like lasers and drills and shit, and as you do stuff that would cause you to be arrested and create several holes in the road and that kind of shit. Uh. <sighs> See, it d- at that point, it all just kind of... Yeah, it just coalesces. Coalesces yeah. into a melange. It's just, they go fight the dude. They yeah. fight the dude successfully. The dude goes harumph and then goes off and tries another plan and then is foiled once again by the same people. And then at the end, they do the cheerleading thing without the, the, the stroppy fucking Libby fucker. And they do really well and win automatically. And that's it. The end. Hooray! We've talked about Groove Squad. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's kind of it, though. We dealt with the origin and then them fighting a supervillain. It's just, yeah, it's just the origins and then from, like, 25 minutes in through to 80 minutes, it is just, hey, the bad dude's doing a thing. Let's stop him. 
Oh no, but we need to get cheerleader practice in. Yeah, I know, but the bad dude. Oh, okay, let's go fight the bad dude. And then they go fight the bad dude, win, and then go bugger off, and then get called in to fight the bad dude again. There is a good joke in there uh, yeah. about um, having an evil uh, an evil genius, uh, sorry, an evil uh, world domination device uh, to standard power supply universal adapter. Yeah, it's just and this absurdly big plug that then is put into an adapter that takes it down to a normal-sized plug. Yeah. Which is a good visual gag. That's that a good a visual good, gag. That was a good gag. It is one visual gag. Let's chalk it up. Two. Right. Okay, so, so there are two good things Two about good this. things versus about 50 million different bad things. Oh, dear. I... <sighs> so, yeah, and it ends with them going to prom yeah, together where they're just a sudden prom where and... they're paired up with uh male partners because obligatory heterosexuality and then the prom is attacked by a giant worm the same giant worm from before yeah and then it fades to black and then you get the credits and then it ends and oh thank fuck it ended this definitely wanted to be a pilot for a. Uh, it did. A, it, yeah, extended it, series. It wanted of this, to be it? something, and it just didn't have anything. <laughs> well, because there were already two shows like this on. Yeah, there was that, the but time. also it's just like it doesn't have any potential for something new to happen because for the eighty-minute runtime. It is just the same things happening again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So super duper sumos. Well, yes, but not quite as racist, yet somehow worse written than Super Duper Sumo's. And it's impressive that they manage that, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, nothing is there. Unlike the Poochie special, where there was a lot of potential for a full season that... I think would be right. I'm right in saying that we both would have happily watched more of it. Oh, absolutely! Because it was a good show. It was a good concept and stuff. But- if you're still watching us, sorry, watching. If you're still listening to us, person who commented about us on Twitter saying it was nice we gave the Poochie Show a chance. Hi there. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't look at the Twitter account. What was that? Sorry. Uh, someone was just really nice about the fact that we gave the Poochie Show a chance. Oh. It's is, a really nice special. Is it someone who worked on the Poochie Show? I think no, just someone who really likes it. I think. Oh, okay, hello, person who really likes the Poochie Show. Your opinion is valid. It's you a are good appreciated. show. It's a very good show. Yeah. Um. So this has been a very long and weird meandering episode, and I agree. We haven't really gone in depth at all in this, and it's well, very, very hard to talk about. It's, it's a, a very long and meandering movie. That yeah, it's a long meandering really movie. A long meandering movie that goes nowhere, doesn't do anything, and just coalesces into this one big thing that you just forget everything <laughs> up to a certain point. As, I, as we said, it's like, first 20 minutes, we can remember that, perfectly fine, and then from that point on, it's just... <clears throat> until the ending. Every character is as flat as the colouring. Yes. That's a very good way of describing it. I don't... We Do we have any more to say on this? It's a load of sound and fury thing signifying nothing. Yeah. That's all it is. It's... I mean, I I can't even say that it was a nice attempt or I could see they, what they were going for and I appreciate that because I see what they were going for and it was just to directly copy the other things that were popular at the time. And it's just so shameless and so cack-handed that none of it works at all 
And I think I am probably right in saying, without even a remotely iota of discussion, that uh, Groove Squad goes at number five on our movie ranking list underneath Monster Mash. Ooh, underneath... Yeah, underneath Monster yeah, Mash. Yeah, Monster Mash had substance to it. It was really crap substance, but it was substance regardless. It had occasional jokes that worked. Yeah. I Very occasional. <laughs> it was a watchable movie. I can remember what happened in yeah, Monster Mash. Yeah, that too. It wasn't good... But it was a thing you can remember. And yet, amazingly, somehow still, Meet the Deedles is at the top of the movie list. <sighs> That's weird. That's so weird. It is. It might just end up being the best movie that Deke ever puts out. That's terrifying. I mean, obviously, the big competition is Inspector Gadget, because that thing had yes. Disney money. Inspector Gadget well, so might end Deedles. up beating Deedles out. But at the same time... <laughs> Deedles was also a Disney Deep thing. Yeah, that's true. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of the case. A... Just the case. Oof. We still have three, four, five gadget-related things. Six gadget-related things, even. Uh, we have uh, the two movies, live-action movies. We have Last Case, Saves Christmas, uh, and also Gadgetinis and Field Trip. So we still yeah. have a, we have, we still have a fair amount of gadget to do which we'll all of it get around to eventually, just as much as we'll eventually get around to Street Sharks. I will eventually push Mark into doing Street Sharks, because at the moment, every time I suggest getting it out of the way, he's gone, yeah, don't want to do it. Because that's we how he sounds. such a nice episode on it. And, and then it, it went. It just <laughs> disappeared off the hard drive. Yeah, I've been prepared to do another episode of that, along with uh, the pairing that we planned for it, which would be Extreme Dinosaurs which I am very excited to look at. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we have things to say on Street Sharks, and things we did say, but then it got disappeared and lost into the sands of time. Rather than just acknowledging that it disappeared and then just putting it on the ranking board regardless, we would rather actually have a an episode to note down our actual thoughts on it, rather than just have this weird ghost entity on the board. Yeah. So eventually I will push Mark into doing a Street okay. Sharks episode. Uh, maybe for Christmas. So that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening through this trash heap of a podcast that is talking about a trash heap of a cartoon. Um, yeah, we have a Twitter. Uh, it's barely used, but you can contact us there and maybe we'll see it. Maybe Mark occasionally checks it. And I do occasionally check yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we're both on Mastodon, but fuck if I care about giving those out. <laughs> Uh, Vordus, sorry, at Vordus at Mastodon dot social. Yeah, that's his. That's my professional that's one. That's his professional one. I don't have a professional one because I don't believe in being professional. So Good move. Yeah. Uh, you're, it's probably very easy to, to find out who I am if you know me on there. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, drop us a rating on iTunes if you feel like it. Uh, I did see a second review pop up on the American iTunes Thank you very much, mysterious person who I don't know. Uh, it was a very nice review that I liked reading. Um, and I appreciate your support very much so. Um, yeah, thanks for that, everyone who's uh, done that. Yeah, all two of you, all literally. Two of you. Yeah. <laughs> that we know of. 
Uh, but yeah, on that note, uh, we will see you in another fortnight. Uh, yeah, I know about this podcast coming out so soon after the last one. Uh, that was due to really awful technical difficulties um, and also problems on my own end, as it were. See you in the next episode. It's going to be the anniversary episode. Two years of doing Deek Geeks. Yay. God fucking help me.